Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Alongside with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, just before we start today, we are at Chase's house instead of mine. I am having a massive tree taken out the front of my house, so there was no way we were doing it at my house. But uh, Chase has a, what, four-month-old cat right here right now? Something like that. And it will, so if you hear some noise of it jumping up and on the table, that would be it. Um, oh, there he goes. Yeah. Uh, so just just a heads up, if that if you hear any background noise, that's what it would be. Uh, before we start, I just want, Ch- Chase, do you want to tell him what I pulled up to your house wearing today? For the one-year anniversary, Mets is rocking the uh, Carlson jersey. Yeah, we had to pull it out. Uh, one year to this day, I remember walking to class and getting a text from you saying, no way they actually did it, but not having service to figure out what you were talking <laughs> about. But I, I figured it out pretty quickly. Um, so pour one out for that. I don't know when this episode will come out. It definitely won't be today, but... Maybe Monday. Um, but yeah, time recording this, it's one year. So if I'm a little more sad today, that'd be why. Uh, so today we're going to look at the Metro Division. We did the Atlantic Division last week uh, and looking at the previews. Uh, same kind of thing. We're going to split up into three tiers of teams we think are definitely going to miss the playoffs, teams we could see pushing for a wild card of some sort, or maybe top three, and then teams we think probably should be in the playoffs. Although, I'll come out and fully say it, I'm not convinced on any Metro team at all this year, really. No, this is the... like hardest division to call by a landslide yeah uh easily uh there's one team i think we're both pretty confident in putting in eighth but it would have been the same thing last year well no maybe not but it would have been similar to last year and they ended up being second in the division let's just start with the new york islanders sorry islanders fans to listening i think there's going to be a lot of regression this year i don't think that's unreasonable to say no they're the least talented team in this division they might not actually come last but and they got rid of their goaltender that took them a bunch of the way to where they were for Semon Varlamov. Now, I still really like Thomas Grice as well, and I'm sure Barry Trotz's system will help Varlamov, but I, like it just the whole offseason didn't make a ton of sense from a goaltending perspective. Not at all. Now, I know there was a rumor going out that you know Varlamov and Panarin had the same agent, so the Islanders thought if they gave Varlamov a contract, Panarin would be coming too, and that just didn't happen. Seems... Yeah, that's weird. That that seems like bad negotiating. That seems like a terrible reason to give a 31-year-old goalie $20 million. Yeah, a 31-year-old goaltender who hasn't been, like, good in a year or two and hasn't been consistent in about fought ever, really. Ever, yeah. Like, maybe maybe a little bit in Washington, but even then, like, when he was in Colorado, he just wasn't consistent. He'd be great one year and then not great the next, so. But, yeah, I just think this team's due for some regression, um. I think the only thing you could hope saves them is that guys like Barzell take a step forward, Bolivier, and, you know, maybe you give some of the younger guys, <laughs> younger guys, some of the um, ice time as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if someone like Josh Hosang makes this team or if his time with the Islanders is done, because I don't really see him playing another year in Bridgeport this year. No, he's 23 now. He should be expecting NHL minutes if he's ever going to be an NHL player. Yeah, and I mean, they do have some good young pieces. I just don't think they'll be on the lineup this year. You know, Noah Dobson's a really interesting watch. Kiefer Bellows might be. He's another guy they got to find spot. But the problem is they have so many roster spots tied up that it's going to be hard. Like, their bottom six is just full of old guys. Yeah, Lou created a logjam. Yeah. Which is going to make it a pain in the ass to get guys like Bellows into the lineup. Like, you can wave a bunch of the guys, I guess. Like, But just, like, looking at their cap-friendly page, at the bottom of this cap-friendly page right here, we'll cut it off at anyone making under $3 million, which, because we did that, Komarov, Sazikas, and Clutterbuck don't involve in this. But you have Matt Martin, 2.5, one year. Bolivier, 
two years. That's fine. Uh, Derek Broussard, one year, 1.2. Ross Johnston, three years, $1 million. You got Barzell on his ELC. Tom Kunackle, one year, 850. Michael Del Cole, two years, that's fine. And then Tanner Fritz, two years, 700K. Like, what? Yeah, there's just a lot of bodies there. So like they don't like, need to be there. It's not a big deal, I guess, because like you, it, no, you can like wave. If Kiefer Bellows outplays Tom Kunackle in the training camp, which I would hope he does, you can just send him down to the minors. Yeah, it's not like that's a big deal, or like wave him. But I mean, it's kind of the same idea on the back end too. Like you just you have so many guys like Ryan Pulak. You're not going to want to lose him. Adam Pellick and Devon uh, Devon Taves are three guys that you're probably not planning on losing anytime soon. The problem is you got young guys coming up. You got Boychuk three more years, Letty three more years, Hickey three more years, Scott Mayfield four more years. It's not the worst decor in the world. There's just no space to do anything. Yeah, it's just such a logjam. So like that's. Everywhere. I mean, they'll be bringing back pretty much the same team they had last year, minus Leonard, their yeah. MVP. Yeah, like so. But I don't think the team they had last year that was that good either. They have Oliver Wallstrom up front, by the way, as well. But I, again, I don't think he'll make the team this year. I think he's got another year in the minors, probably. Yeah. It might not be the worst but, idea for them to be bad this year, too. Yeah, like, yeah, I just think that people are going to, like, the fan base. It really reminds me of Ottawa Senators in 2017. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. As long as they don't trade away their first round pick, they'll be fine. Because if they absolutely blow that year, like, they just get a high, another high end draft pick. But, yeah. like, this team is, I don't love where this team is going forward just in terms of all the contracts they have no looking at the roster right now i don't like very much other than like i would expect barzell to have a nice you can call it a bounce back i still had him as a top 30 player last year but like i think his point totals will go up which will make yeah well and i mean it's just natural he took more defensive responsibility last year where with no Tavares, so his yeah. point totals weren't as high but he was still a very very good player and their power play cratered without yeah. Tavares. and that's Expected. To be expected. Yeah. I'm not sure if their power play is going to be good enough this year for Barzell to be like a point per game again, but I would still think his points are going to go up at least. Yeah, I mean, just looking at these contracts, like I like the Everly contract. I thought that was a good deal because you kept the term down. But then you got like Anders Lee just to sign a new long term deal. Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, like these guys are all 29, 20, 29, 27, 29. Andrew Ladd's here four more years at 33. Like. Cal Glutterbuck's three more, 31. There's just such an old team already, and they're nowhere close to competing. Yeah, like, none of those deals up top on their own are necessarily the end of the world, but when you have, like, the seven of them or eight of them all combined, it just doesn't look very good. Yeah, and then mixed with just a logjam at the bottom, so you can't put your rookies in either. Yeah. It's Yeah, this team, I'm just... I don't know. Like, I'm sure they could... They're, they're not Ottawa or... Even Detroit bad, in my opinion. But I think they'll be down there. Yeah, um, I think that they'll probably... They have a good enough decor, which is what some of the other bad teams don't have, that they could probably stick around in a bunch of games. Sure. But Dobson could surprise, too. Yeah, I the, don't even know if he's going to make the team. I but. don't... I'm operating under the thing that he probably won't. But even so, they still have a fine decor. Sure. Like, this is... There's not, like, any guys that are on this decor where you're like, oh my gosh, how are you in the NHL? Yeah, like, there's no Polak or, or whatever. Mark Borwacki. Like, CC in the top four. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's why I think that this team could float around, but I just have them eighth. I don't... Yeah. Like, They're the I, least talented team in the division, I think is fair to say. Yeah. Um, so, unless they get some goaltending magic for a second year in a row, which is just not a good thing to bet on. No. Uh, I just don't see them uh, doing much more than that this year, unfortunately. 
another the only other team we had in this kind of tier is Columbus, and that's just purely because of all the talent they lost. Um, again, another team that maybe could surprise, but their goaltending is really the, the worry part. Um, Corpusalo needs to step up and prove that he's a starter, or uh, Elvis needs to step up and prove that he can be something as well. Because if those guys are even below league average, I don't think this team has a chance. No. Well, this team, like, uh, Artemi Panarin always had great relative numbers, which means they struggled when he was off the ice. And now they're going to spend an entire season with him off the ice for them, so they are going to need good goaltending. Yeah. Um, they picked up Gustav Nyquist in the offseason, which is a fine addition, but it's not going to replace losing Artemi Panarin. It's no. just not. Uh, Seth Jones uh, on the back end. What do you think of the Wierenski deal? I was just about to bring this up. We have some deals to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I like. I liked it from both sides. I think it makes sense. I think Wierenski's probably overrated. Um, and he didn't have a great year last year. Jones kind of carried him a little more if you look at a bunch of the stats. But that being said, five million for three years for a 22 year old who has had prior good years is a solid bet. And I don't, I like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Wierenski really steps up and bounces back. Yeah, he was just so good when he was like a 19 year old that I think it's a fair bet. Although, yeah, I would think he is a little worse than some people think. Oh yeah, like I mean, I mean, even myself. There's sometimes last year where I'd look and be like, oh my gosh, like Jones is carrying this guy. Yeah, like I've seen it on Twitter a couple times where. I got yelled at for comparing Marner to a center, but now people are getting mad at Marner that the defensemen are signing his <laughs> deals and comparing him to that. But, like, Wierenski is, didn't have amazing results last year. No. No, not at all. Um, and that's why I think this deal makes sense for both sides. I mean, $5 million is, even if he's, say, a third, like, a number three guy. That's fine. That's fine. Five years for th- or three years for $5 million. You can eat that easily. And that's not even the, the worst contract in the world. No. Um, but it's kind of a prove-it deal for both sides. For Columbus, you're getting what could be very, very good value for three years. And if not, you're getting probably average value out of him for three years. Yeah, you could do worse. Whereas Wierenski, you have three years to kind of prove that, you, okay, you need to round out your game in all facets here. And if you do that, you'll get a big contract after that. Yeah. I remember, um, I forget who it was, but when Adam Larson signed his deal, they were talking about how, like, it was great because this is a really tradable contract. This Wierenski deal reminds me of that. Where, like, say Columbus falls out of love with him because his underlying metrics don't improve. I would think you could still get a King's Ransom form in a trade. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, I guess my next point is, what do you think uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' extension looks like after this season? I think it's smart on Columbus to not extend him yet and wait till watch him play without Panarin before he signs that extension. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, if he... Now, I guess, you know, there's two sides to that, too, because if he can show that he is very, very good without Panarin, you're going to be paying him quite a bit. Yeah, but I think that's a good problem to have. Yes, obviously. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, there's not really a, a loss in that situation. No. But um, And, I mean, they do have tons of cap space to work with, so it's not like it's the biggest deal. Like, they have $10.7 million right now. Um, so it's not like paying him an extra two or three million dollars on what they might have had to originally. It'd be the worst thing in the world. No. Um, and with uh, Wierenski and Jones locked up, it's not like they have a huge contract coming up. No, not at all. I mean, you look at the other RFAs. It's Dubois, Josh Anderson, and then they're two goaltenders. And neither of those guys should be getting anything huge anytime soon. So, um, I think other than like. 
Dubois really going to have to step up if this team wants to have a chance up front. I mean, him and Cam Atkinson, him, Cam Atkinson, new uh, Gustav Nyquist, they're going to have to try and pull their weight. And I don't like. I just I don't see it happening. I don't either. I have them with five top six forwards last year, but two of them were Duchesne and Panarin, and they were also the best two. Yeah. So like. They got some guys in the minors too, like Alexander Texier came up last year and looked pretty good. But I think people are overhyping him and his playoff sample. I mean, he could probably be a solid bottom six guy on this team to start. But like yeah. I've already seen people kind of almost do the middle stat treatment where they're just kind of penciling him in as like second line, and he's going to step in and take some of Panarin's responsibilities. Like, what are you doing? Like, you are setting yourself up for disappointment if this is what you think. Yeah, like this wouldn't. If you're Columbus, this would be a nice year to have all your picks. Yes, yes, it definitely would. Uh, I mean, they at least have their first rounder. True. They have um, the important one. Yeah, but they don't have their second or third, and they don't have their second next year either. But, um, I mean, that's the cost of going for it, I guess. We mentioned that at the deadline. It was fun to see them do it. But And, I mean, like, yeah, so even if they are... Like, it, it sucks if you um, finish close to the bottom and have to give up a second rounder that's actually like 36th overall a second and a third yeah but at the same time like again at least you have your first where it's like you would that means you're getting a top five pick if your second rounder is 35th overall so yeah they still have the shot at Lafreniere yeah so there's uh there's definitely a little bit of upside I don't again I don't, I don't know this team could easily if their goaltending falls out from underneath them be one of the worst teams in the league oh for sure um like bottom four I would say I think Easily. it's I think Ottawa, Detroit, and LA probably have the bottom three rosters. locked up. Or I think those, well, those are rosters. Like distinctly the worst. Yes, teams. but I mean, even with this Columbus team, if Dubois can't step up and fill the gap that they're hoping without Panarin and their goaltending absolutely falls to crap, I could see them being like the second worst team, third worst team in the league. Oh yeah, it's a lot easier to see how this team would do bad than good. Yeah, and I mean, I could also see them doing good where it's like they finish. 22nd or whatever and it's just like okay maybe they weren't quite as bad as we thought yeah. but they're also not great yeah and their other problem is they were fifth in the division last year yeah and <laughs> the division got a lot better in my well some like the bottom teams in the division got a yeah. lot better in my yeah opinion. all the teams or two of the teams at least behind them got significantly better i think the, the the three top teams you could argue probably got worse if maybe just for aging purposes yeah. or but yeah um i guess we should get into that second tier then this is an interesting one because I do think there's two teams that are maybe being a little overrated in terms of what they're going to do this year. Agreed. And I'll start with the team you're wearing on your head right now, the New Jersey Devils. I have them third in this tier. Now, See, I I think I have them first, but I don't think I don't, like you could have them anywhere. Yeah, the like I don't really right? have a big difference on them. I just think that what they've done has maybe been a little overrated because there's a lot of betting on guys to come back to what they were a year or two prior. Yeah. Like, for things to go right, you need Corey Schneider to be what he was three years ago. Or even, like, a semblance of what he was a couple years ago. Or Blackwood to completely step up. For things to go right, you need P.K. Subban to not be what he was last year and not have that be aging, but rather just an off year, which, again, is possible. It's just... I would feel comfortable betting on that. Like, it's not a bad bet. I, again, I don't, I love the trade. I didn't think you had anything to lose if you were New Jersey. No. Um, you're betting that uh, Hughes steps in right away and is a legitimate top six center, which, again, he very well could be. I don't think it's the worst bet in the world to make. He should only have to be a second-line center, which is nice. Yes. Um, if nothing else. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, you're just kind of, and you're, you're betting on guys like Wayne Simmons to hopefully, you know, step up a little more and contribute to the bottom six and on the power play. That one's a little more. Rough. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a bunch of horrible bets here. My issue with it is just, like, you you know how many things I just listed off for things to go right. right? They also need Hall, after being injured last year, to be MVP level yes. again. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I, and they, oh, sorry, another one is they need Nikita Gusev to be what they think Nikita Gusev can be and not... You know, a guy who takes some time to get adjusted to North American playing style or yeah. just someone who can't play in the league as well as they thought. So there's a lot of bets, and I think they're all very reasonable and good ones. Like, I, I loved what New Jersey did. I can't understate that enough. I just think that when we're looking at it in a one-year sample that it's possible that they're probably getting overrated. And because they were so, like, they were just so far down in the standings last year that even, like... Yeah, they have a lot of ground. They have 20... 20- Six points to make up. Yes. The Blue Jackets so even if you year. want to say like all of those added whatever amount of wins and they made up, tw- let's say, sixteen points. Because what what do you say they were twenty twenty six points twenty six yeah thirteen wins. Let's say they even made up twenty points or something like that. Or yeah. Sixteen points and then another team drops down four points that gives them. They're still not in a playoff spot in that scenario. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, all their bets could work out reasonably well, and they're still a ninth place team and miss the playoffs. Yeah, um, so that's the thing. Now, I'm, again, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe the two teams that I have a little bit ahead of them um, aren't. And, and I, again, I don't think the gap is really big between these three teams at all. I think if you want to put them all as a tie, I really wouldn't yeah. be that mad. Because I think a few things need to go right for any team here to make it or miss. Or a few things could go wrong and miss, too. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like, I think we've talked about this team's offseason in depth. Uh, I, we both really like what they made. They made more moves than most teams, so you're bound to talk about them over the offseason. Yeah, more. and they made more... Meaningful. Just, yeah, smart moves. And, I mean, obviously adding cues is going to help any team. Um, winning the lottery is kind of a good thing. I don't know. Thank God for Hall. Um, but yeah, and then you have uh, Taylor Hall, Nico Hishier, Kyle Palmieri up front. That's a pretty good first line. Gusev, Hughes, and Brat is the second line right now. That is so unproven. That could <laughs> yeah. be either so, so good or just such a disaster. Yeah, like Hughes and Gusev could put up a combined like 130 points and I wouldn't be shocked. Or that line could struggle. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that line could just tank their season because they can't get anything done when they're on the ice. And I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, third line, they have Coleman, Zajac, Wayne Simmons. Yeah, like... Simmons might even get bumped down to the fourth line by the end of this. And then right now, Miles Wood, Pavel Zaka, John Hayden. I don't mind that as a fourth line at all. That's fine. I would think the third line will take the tougher matchups for the Hughes line at home, too. Probably. Like, I don't think... I think Zajac will play above Hughes in terms of quality competition at home. I, I would think so as well. And then on the back end, you got Will Butcher, P.K. Subban. Like that pairing. Ty Smith, Damian Severson. I really like that. Yeah. And then Andy Green, Sammy Vadden. I like that, too. Yeah, their I think... decor went from... Pretty abysmal to not solid. so bad. Yeah, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a pretty solid decor. Again, you're asking PK Su- PK Subban needs to be maybe not even the Norris P- winning PK Subban we know, but just a, a number one D man. Yeah, he's got to be a top thirty defenseman yeah. in this league again. And uh, I don't. He wasn't that last year. And no, he struggled. Not last even year. close. No. So, um, but again, like a reasonable bet, and I just think that. Again, a big problem in net for me is goaltending, especially compared to the other two teams we're about to talk to, uh, talk about. I think I'm a little more comfortable with the other two teams' goaltending than I would be with Corey Schneider and Mackenzie Blackwood. But yes. I could see this team making a decent tandem out of those two. Blackwood wasn't bad last year. No, time. and Sh- Schneider, when he got less games, was all right as well. So if you can 
get it to where it's even like a 40, uh, 41-41 split, that might not be the worst thing in the world. I would think they're going to lean on Blackwood to be the starter. You would hope so, but I, it'll probably be one of those situations where you ride the hot hand. Whoever's true. playing better gets the more starts, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. This team is definitely way better than they were last year. They have a ton of upside this year. Yeah, I would say this team's way better than they were two years ago when they made the playoffs. Yes. Um, and so, will they make the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. I could see them being like the eighth wild card spot. Yeah, but, but they could miss the playoffs and still be better than that playoff team. Oh, easily. Yeah. I think they. I think it'd be. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. Yeah. Um, they're just they're in such a tough spot right now because there's so many teams in that middle. I mean, you looked at the Atlantic. We had. Florida, Montreal, and Buffalo as three teams. And Montreal and Florida were two teams where we could easily see an eighth seed wild card, I think. Yeah, I could see the Atlantic sending five this year. I could also see the Metro sending five if, like, yeah. if Florida and Montreal don't live up to expectations. Because we got Philly, the Rangers, and New Jersey. So I just gave away the other two teams. So let's get to one of those, I, I guess. it's pretty obvious who's in that. Who did you have second? I had Philly second. So you had the Rangers third? Yeah. Okay, I had the Rangers second, and I think I had Philly first. But again, I'm not really confident in that. Uh, Let's do Philly then. Um, So I guess we'll start with the goaltending, what we just last talked about in Jersey. I'm a little more confident with a full year of Carter Hart in net. I know Carter Hart was probably overrated last year, but I mean, as a goaltender for his age, he still put up very good numbers. With how bad their goaltending was as a whole last year, even if he's league average, that would be a huge win. Yes, I will say I don't really like them opening openly making their decor worse. Yeah, that was strange. Picking up guys like Justin Braun and getting rid of Radko Gudis for no reason. Yeah. So maybe, you know, looking at this roster, maybe I would bump them down to the third. But I think there's just a lot of uh, high, higher-end talent on this roster right now. Um, I mean, their first line is amazing. It's ridiculous. Giroux, Katuria, Konechny, and then Voracek, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, they overpaid Hayes, but... He's a second line. He'll center. be good this year. Yeah, like he, he should be anyway. Yeah, he it makes one of the better second lines in the league. And then you got Nolan Patrick. You're really hoping that he can take a step forward again this year. Yeah. Um, Oscar Lindbaum, and then right now they have German Rubstoff on their third, and then Pitlick, Lawton, and Raffle, whatever. Um, I want to know what you thought of the Ivan Provorov deal that just got signed yesterday, maybe officially today. Actually, I think it was yesterday. It has, I think it was official today. September 12th. No, never mind. It was, it's still unconfirmed by Cap Friendly. Okay. Um, $6.75 million cap hit for six years. What are your opinions on this? It was bold. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've, if the parent, I just mix their name, combine their names together. Of the Provorov-Wierenski debate, I've always been on Team Wierenski. I like the Wierenski deal better. But you can see why Philly would give Provorov this contract. Because they've been playing him yeah. as if he's that kind of a player. I think Manny had a tweet yesterday and was like, let me tell you about this guy. He plays minutes. Lots, Lots of them. them. Yeah. Uh, um, if you go and look at, uh, on Evolving Hockey, Ivan Provorov right now has negative standard, like below the standard deviation Everywhere. in everything. Literally everything. Offensive goals for, offensive expected goals, offensive course he for, defensive expected goals, defensive course he for. Power play goal four, power play expected goal four, like everything. Corsi four on the power play, everything is negative. Yeah. Um, that's not good. Now, Flyers fans will tell you that's a lot from his partners, or at least early on, it was all blamed on Andrew McDonald because he played really good with Ghost. But then last year with Sandheim, he didn't exactly shoot the lights out either. 
Yeah. Um, so, like, the one skill he's proven so far is that he can score goals, which is, like, the least valuable skill a defender can have, I think. And play minutes, which isn't really a skill. You just go out on yeah, the ice. Which is just a function of the coach giving yes, an um, NHL player minutes. Yeah, I think this is definitely a very bold deal. His uh, micro stats do look good. So, like, it's not impossible that people like me who are skeptical of this deal, everybody can rub it in our face like, yeah. two years from now, but... Yeah, like, I don't I don't think it's the worst deal in the world. But, like, it's bold. It is bold. It's very bold, I think. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel yeah, about because, it. Because, like, the other thing is he's young, but he's 22, which sounds younger than it is when you look at age curves. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, it's not like he has seven years left to improve or anything like that. No, realistically, you'd want him to maybe improve another year this year, and then maybe in his own end a little bit going forward, but that's about it. Yeah, like, that's... Like you shouldn't expect huge leaps No, anymore. no, not at all. Um, so, this, you know, where that leaves this team, I mean, you have Sandheim Provorov, not the greatest first pair in the world. Gostas is very good, but he's playing along Justin Braun maybe this year, yeah. which isn't good. Robert Hag and Matt Niskanen. I like Niskanen enough still, but he's not what he used to be. A Niskanen renaissance would be huge for this team. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe I would have this team third looking at this roster now. I think I have them second because I like their top six forwards Yeah, so if they rely on their top end players, they could definitely. And if Carter Hart has another year of growth where it's like he's... Even a little above average. Like, let's say he's like the 12th best goaltender in the league or That'd something like that. Yeah, this team could really uh, push for a spot. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah, maybe even push for a top three in this division, given how some of the other teams would play. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton else to say about this team. If we're, like, they still got some guys, I think, in the minors as well. Not like any blue chippers or anything They have a like good that, prospect pool, though. Yeah, they do have a good prospect pool, I think. I could pull up the athletics rating for them. Like Morgan Frost could I could see him playing. Yeah, I would I would assume so. Especially if like an injury or something happens. I don't know, maybe he doesn't start right away, but yeah, I could definitely see him playing as well. Um Rubsoff's penciled in on the daily face off lines. That would be nice if he could step in and actually produce. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh let's just see where Pronman had Flyers yeah. rank. He had them high last year. He had them, yeah. It wasn't even high enough for their likings, I don't think. Uh, and that was when they had Carter Hart. They had Colorado 2, New York Rangers 1, New uh, Jersey Devils three. 3, Kings 4. Wow, that's a little surprising. Kings oh, they, nice they had the Flyers 7. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's really good still, too, right? Uh, oh, f- Joel Faraby as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean they do have some guys in the I don't know if could make the team could make a difference, but yeah, maybe not this year. Um they're still a pretty promising team to have going forward. They haven't done too much damage to this long term, I don't think. No. Um but yeah, for this year, they're one of those teams that is very volatile, a very common trend in uh this division. Yeah, and I've I haven't heard anything about Konechny, but I'm just assuming he's going to sign. As far as yesterday, they weren't super close to a deal, but then there was also reports last week that they had a one-year deal in their back pocket in case they can't get anything done. Okay. So it's definitely not like a like a Marner situation where there's a reasonable chance he sits out part of the year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then so this is at least the last team. You had them third. I have them. I don't really know. Uh, the, New, the New York Rangers... 
Again, another team who I really like their offseason, but I think it's probably overstated. Yeah. Um, well, and, just not even that the offseason itself was overstated. They just had so far to climb. Yeah, it's kind of the same as the Devils as yeah. well. Now, I will. I do think their offseason was completely overstated. I think Jacob Truba is overrated. I think that contract that they gave him was a lot. It was a little rich for my blood. <laughs> um, that being said, he's still 25 and a very... Like, he's a solid defender. It'll help their blue line, which they did need. Um Truba's a weird one because, like, DTM's war back in the day had him as, like, a top five defenseman in the league when he was, like, 22. But I have not seen anything since that rates him even close to that high. No, I think... So he's always confused the hell out of me because both of that. Both Manny and the Twins have him as a second-pair defenseman. Yeah, and Micah. Yeah, so, um, like, that's fine, too. But it's just that contract is a lot for a second-pair defenseman. Uh, but he'll get a lot of... Power play time, I would assume, which means the points will be there and people won't have an issue with it. True. He'll play huge minutes next year. Yeah. Um, you know, another piece that was pretty good was picking up Adam Fox. I just don't know how much of a difference maker he'll be. He should be fine, but he's a rookie defenseman, so I don't know if he's going to turn the season around or anything No, like, that. like that's what I mean. Like, those are the kind of little things that are overstated. They're young guys. If they can take a step forward, it'll be huge. That's the big thing. Yes. And you know, problem was, I don't think their young guys showed... Much great signs in the NHL last no, like, year. No, Chytel and, uh, was it Howden, I think, were just horrible in the NHL. Anderson and Howden I have as below replacement level. Uh, Philip Edel I have as, like, a bottom six forward. Yeah, like, that's the issue, is that those guys need to step I know there was, I'm forgetting who had this thread on Twitter. There was someone who just wasn't high on their prospect pool, and they said... It was well, CJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, I mean, obviously... You're no, not, the Devils fans. Yeah, too, but, so. I mean, the thing but. is, he his big thing pushing against it was you guys are calling still Leas Anderson, Brett Howden, and Cheadle prospects, but they're not really prospects anymore. They played a year in the NHL, and they were very, very bad. Yeah, like, they did not show promising signs in the NHL last year. Now, that's not to say they can't step it up, but at the same time, like you just shouldn't be expecting those guys to become some first-line forwards or anything like that. No. Um, now... They still could be, but... Up front, I mean, it, they're probably going to trade Kreider, I would assume. I don't... I think that would be the logical option. Yes. Um, but, my God, you have no idea how much I want to see a line of, like... Or power play, you know, Panarin, Zabanajet, and Chris Kreider. That'd be nice. That would be so much fun. Right now they have Buchnevich on the first line, which would be cool with Savannah, Jed, and Panarin. And then Strom, Kreider, and Kako. Their top six is good, except for the fact that Ryan Strom's their second line <laughs> center. And, like, that's another reason where I think uh, they're probably overrating this team is right now Strom is the second line center. You say, well, maybe Cheadle or Howden could step up. Cheadle by Corsica's model was the 229th ranked center last year. Like, that's... Uh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> 229. And then Howden was the 171st. So, like, one of those two guys are really going to have to step up to make a difference. They could be an interesting case study in building from the wings. Because their two biggest off-season acquisitions, by far, were wingers. Yep. Yep. I would think a lot of how this team does rests on Panarin and Kako fitting in well. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, Lundqvist and uh, Georgiev... Could be an okay tandem where Lundqvist, again, I don't think he didn't play as much last year, but he was still fine when he played. Like, he wasn't bad by any means. Yeah, you could probably pencil in Lundqvist for league average again. Yeah, like 50 games and then try and get your back up a little more. Maybe a few more than 50, but yeah, you know, Lundqvist is still fine, um, which is encouraging enough 
for the Rangers. And that's where I kind of like, I have more faith in Lundqvist being average than Schneider being like above average oh, or average. So it's sad because Lundqvist is 38, but yeah. Um, but that's just how I feel. And that's why I think I had originally, I think I probably had this team a little bit ahead of a team like the Devils just because of the goaltending factor. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. This team should be. This team will be a lot of fun to watch. They should be very entertaining. Um, and I think least. Kako will probably surprise a lot of people with how close, if not better, he is than Jack Hughes. I think he's more NHL ready than Jack Hughes, but I think Jack Hughes has more potential than Capo Kako yeah. in terms of just being like that elite one C that you want him to be. Um, but yeah, I definitely think you can see a rookie season where it's like Capo just kind of lights up the league. Yeah, like, I'm not going to be shocked if Kako wins a Calder. No, me either. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of awesome that we get to see Cap- Kako and Hughes in the same division for years on years. Yeah, it's pretty That's cool. Insane. Especially, side by side, basically. Yeah, and especially right away with them playing with such high-end talent, too. Yeah. Like, both of these guys, it's not like a case where, you know, uh, Austin Matthews' rookie year, he didn't really have the best team around him, but he made it work, and that was cool to see, too. But these, he just had a young team around Yeah, him. but these guys, like... They have Panarin and Zabanajad and Chris Kreider. And then on the other side, you have Taylor Hall and Nico Hishier and guys like that to play around where it's like, okay, like these teams are legitimately good and they can help the guys out. Yeah, Kako will probably be playing with Panarin, which is awesome. And then Hughes will hopefully, for Devils fans' sake, be playing with new Panarin. Yeah. With Kusev, yeah. Yeah. Um, like they actually have established talent around them and a lot of it. Yeah, so that's a that's a good thing to see, and I, that this division will be a lot of fun to watch, especially these middling teams, because they'll be in a fight for their lives for the playoffs every night. Um, whereas you know a team like Tampa might not be quite as fun to watch because you know on any given night they might not care because they're thirty points up on a playoff spot or something yeah. dumb like that. They're on their way for another like plus a hundred goal differential season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so this this team should be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know how great they'll do. I think their rookies really need to step it up. Um, they need huge years from some guys that were not that good last year. Yeah, so, and that's a bold statement to say, but, I mean, it's pause. Like, I'd rather that than try and hope that six replacement level players who are 30 are going to bounce back. Yeah, I'd rather but, hope that Hito picks it up rather than being like Philly and hoping Justin Braun remembers how to be a <laughs> top four defenseman. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This team, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they can figure out some chemistry with those guys and then have a, their young guys take another step forward. They definitely could be right in the playoff mix as well. If nothing else, they'll be fine. Uh, let's get to the top three then. Um, I, I don't know how to do this. I think I might have Pittsburgh third in this division. Yeah, I have Washington three. I have Washington as probably the third in what I think will happen, like in terms of potential cup winner. But I think I could see this Washington roster just being a team that dominates the regular season again or plays well enough in the regular season. They seem to just win this division no matter what. Yeah, and then kind of cave in the playoffs, if that makes any sense. And I don't mean that as like, oh, they're just going to win the division no matter what. Like this team... I don't know, like I like the rot like I like the talent enough on this they team. They have good players, but I just I yeah, I don't know. Like I guess Braden Holtby's gonna have to play really well for this team to be uh ahead of Pittsburgh. We can start with them, I guess. We'll look at the roster. Uh the top line stays the same. Ovechkin Kuznetsov, Tom Wilson. Good top line. Wilson really took a step forward, I thought, last year in terms yeah, of being a legitimate like, top line player too. Yeah, it was strange. He was low key, like Good. Really good <laughs> yeah, like really, really good. He, he wasn't just the guy riding shotgun. He was an actual player for the like an actual contributor, yeah. which 
he kind of reminded me of like he became what all Washington fans said he was three years ago, but he actually was yeah. that now. Um, but yeah, and then second line: T.J. Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, Jacob Verana. I like that line as well. Yeah, maybe um, they'll get a contract year bump from Backstrom too. Yeah, um, Carl Haglin, Lars Eller, Richard Panic. That's a fine third line, I think, as well. And then Leipzig: Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway. I like two-thirds of that fourth line a lot, actually. Yeah. I don't um, think they can make a huge difference. But. No. I think, th- didn't they give Garnet Hathaway a multi-year deal? I think so. Yeah, so that contract's Four not year really, deal. Oh, my good word. Like, uh, no. No. <laughs> well, the, the contract's not ideal, but uh, for it's a one-year... It's unnecessary, yeah, really. For yeah. a one-year uh, team, that, that's fine. On the de- the defensive end, Michael Kempney, John Carlson, I like that. Uh, Dimitri Orlov, Nick Jensen, I like that. I really like the Radko Gudis pickup. I thought that was such a smart deal. That was a fantastic trade for them. Uh, especially if he's playing third pair. Yeah. Like, he's going to kill third pair minutes, I think, this year. I would think so. And then, uh, yeah, so that's a fine decor. And then in that you have uh, Braden Holpe, and right now they have Phoenix Copley. But I think you got to hope that, uh, what's his name, steps up to the backup role. Samsonov. Like, you have to hope that by now, right? Yeah, I think they said they were going to play him in the minors this year. That seems like not. That was last year they did it. But, like, Holby's in a contract year this year. I I believe. It's this year, right? Yeah. this year. Yeah, so, like, you need to... I wouldn't re-sign Holby. Not at age 30. Probably not. His numbers have not been as good recently as I thought they have been. No, he hasn't been the Vesna caliber goaltender. He's been for two years now. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, so, like, when you look at the goaltenders, like, Holby's up this year. You need to know what you have in Samsonov now. I would like to see Samsonov playing. I yeah. would, I think that has to be the move to me. But they signed Copley to a three-year, one million, like, it's variable, but I don't think you want to waive that either if you just sign him for three years. Yeah, but then maybe maybe you sign him for three years thinking no team's going to claim a backup for three years. That might be it. Um, and then you have him as your backup next year when Samsonov takes over. Especially he's not, like... Isn't that great? He's not like when Cam Talbot was a backup no. or anything like that. No. Um, so, yeah, like they have a lot of decisions to make after this year. Gudis is up. Christian Juice is uh, RFA. Uh, Holtby's up. Um, Backstrom's up. Backstrom's up. Ovi's up next year, so you need to look ahead to that as well. Uh, they have a lot of big decisions coming up, and this team's going to look very different in a couple years, I think. Yeah, I think the bottom's going to fall out on this team sooner rather than later. You would think so. But I could see them just winning this division again this year, too. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the talent. I like the talent a lot, and I think they have way less weaknesses than uh, a team like Pittsburgh has. Like, Pittsburgh has a couple roster players where I'm like, why are you on this team? Pittsburgh has an entire pairing. Yeah. That so, like, not exist. that's kind of why right now I have them. Now, I think Pittsburgh has the upper hand in potential goaltender. Like, I, I would... Bet on Murray having a... Like, Murray has a higher ceiling this year than uh, Holtby does, in my opinion. Yes. I also like Pittsburgh's t- top-end talent. Yes, obviously. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Malkin take take a step back to what he was two years ago versus last year, where it was like... Last year was a 20th center, which is still insane. but Or like a 30th, maybe. But like two years ago, he was like the fifth-best center in the league. Yeah, age is... Look like it's gonna start catching up to him. Yeah, and he's thirty three and kind of plays like a bull in a china shop. So yeah, but I guess for Washington, uh, this is one of the, this is the only team I actually had comfortably in a playoff spot, which actually? sounds weird. This is the only team that I can totally like. I'll be very very surprised if they miss the playoffs. I will be shocked if they miss the playoffs. Um, let's go to Pittsburgh. I'll tell you why not. 
I just think they have so much question marks on this team that if Malkin doesn't rebound to what... Like, they need Malkin and Murray and Latang. Crosby, you know what you're going to get from Crosby. Crosby's going to be insane. They need the other three guys to make sure they stay at the level that they have been the past couple years and maybe even above for some of them. And, like, I think that this team should be in the playoffs. I think there's, like, a 90% chance is what I'll give them, 85 maybe. But, like, I'm saying that if this team falls out and they miss by a couple points, I don't think it would be the most surprising thing in the world. See, it would still shock me as long as Sid's still playing at the MVP level. But, like, caliber he was. We've seen McDavid play at that level. Like, I get Pittsburgh's roster's not Edmonton's roster. But, like, let's say Malkin is aging and he takes another step back. Like, and they play Good Branson and Jack Johnson as their second pair this year. Do you see how this team could maybe falter if their bottom six can't produce the depth that you want them to? Yeah, I guess. And they're obviously a bad year from Murray into Smith. Everyone's a bad year from their goalies away from missing yes. the playoffs. Like, I'm not, uh, I'm, I have this team penciled in third in the division and pretty comfortably third. That's fair. Uh, because I think they are still a very solid gap above the previous three teams we just talked about. Uh, well, excluding Washington, like the, the three other tier teams. But I just, I'm saying like this, if they miss this year, like if Galchenyuk doesn't play like you want him to play. I don't think Galchenyuk's going to be amazing. No, and that's an issue to me. Um, now, I we haven't even talked about the Kessel-Malkin beef, which is just insane. <laughs> so I guess Malkin went to the... GM and pretty much told him, you're either trading Kessel or me. That's hilarious. And then Crosby went to the GM and said, it's me and Malkin, you're trading Kessel. Um, which is fair <laughs> enough. Um, but, yeah. like, that's insane. That is crazy. And I guess, so pretty much the story was that uh, Kessel and, um, what's their coach's name, Sullivan? Yeah. Yeah, they butted heads all the time, and Malkin yes. had to be the guy who came into the middle and broke it up. And... Um, he was just kind of sick of that. And that's fair enough, I guess. I can see how that would get annoying. Yeah, I don't think Kessel... I don't think they're going to miss Kessel as much as most people think. No, I, I mean, would think Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Patrick Hornquist's power play will be okay. Yes. I say we've talked about how Kessel's the definition of empty calories a lot on this show. Um, and I still believe that. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think they'll miss Kessel a ton. I just... Like, this team... Rutherford has not done a good job in the past year and a half. Of He's done a horrific job. Considering, like, two years ago, or even, like, last year, this team still looked like a team that had a really good shot at making yet another run for a cup. Yep. And they just they didn't add the right pieces. It was like, a couple years ago, he added the, the right pieces. He added Justin Schultz. Like, he added uh, the HBK line. He added those guys, and it was just the right mix of guys. He tried doing that again, but he picked up Eric DeBranson and Jack Johnson. And Brandon Tanner. Yeah, and Brandon Tanner for, like, multi-year deals. Like... Canna for six by three point five. It's just like I, I'm. This team will be good this year. I don't like. They're I, going to be good in spite of just awful decision making. Yeah, um, but like even last year, like they struggled out of the gate. Malkin didn't play well out of the gate, and it took an MVP caliber season from Crosby to really will them into the playoffs. Sid was the best player in the league last year, and they are really lucky he was. Yeah, I mean, I think like given that year, I still think there's probably an argument to say. Sid is the best player in the league, if we're talking all-round game. Yeah, like, Sid, depending if you define it as replacement level or average to look at your defensive benchmark, Sid could have won the Selkie last year. Yeah. Um, now, I, again, obviously no one's going to say in two years Sid's going to be better than McDavid, no. but I think it's still closer than a lot of people want to admit. 
And, like, I don't really have an issue either way. I think you can make an argument both ways still. But, yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, that's how good his season was yeah. last year. McDavid will probably be the best this year, but, yeah, yeah Sid was that good last year that, um, or I believe he was anyway. Yeah, so, I, like, again, this team, they should be fine. It's, would... it's just they need, they're going to need Malkin to be back what he was two years ago and not last year. And they'll need Murray to be a legitimate number one. Yeah. Um, and if they get that, they will be okay. McCann being another Connor Sheary would be nice, too. Yeah, they really need to find guys to um, just kind of chip in. Like, even Galchenyuk putting up 45 points would be yeah. very nice, I Scoring think. Scoring 25 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, like, they're not... Again, I, I feel like that my take is going to be taken way out of proportion. I just wouldn't be, like, the most surprised if the, the bottom fell out of this team because of some underlying issues that they've had with their roster building. The way management has acted the past two years, they deserve to miss the playoffs. <laughs> they really do. But I, I don't think they will unless like unless one of the cases we said earlier where the like let's say the Rangers rookies all just take the biggest step forward and they're all like middle six forwards and Kako is insane and Panarin just takes that team. That's the only case I could see them even being overthrown of a top three spot yeah. without them completely self destructing themselves. That's so, fair enough. Um, and then, so I had these guys two for the regular season. This is my most exciting team, I think, for this division, though. I think I have them one. I I can't... <laughs> I want them to be one. I don't Their goaltending is the only one. issue I have with this entire team. That's fair. You and don't I, trust James Reimer? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't trust Peter Mrazek as my starter is the problem. I don't trust either. No, I think Mrazek showed he's the perfect tandem guy last year, and I'm totally fine with them going like that again this year. But Reimer's going to have to take a step forward from what he has been the past two years. Yes, and he's, now he, he's been... Fine, like, but it's not like he was playing in front of a great Florida defensive core no, in the past couple of years. But dragged some pretty bad teams. But like he is thirty-one. Yes, he. So he will need to be able to put a fourth, a solid thirty-five games, in my opinion, for this team to be one. But I mean, the actual talent for this team is just you can't understate it yeah. enough. And right, so right now they're still in talks about trading Justin Falk. Uh, the return might be Andre Kasha if it's the Ducks, and that would just be unfair. If they're, if the return for Falk is Kasha, I would have them number one in this division. Not because I'm naive enough to think one player of Kasha's caliber can like skyrocket a team, but just because of how close it is. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll run through their, their lines like we've been doing. Nino Niederreiter, Sebastian Ajo, David Terabinen. Was awesome last year, should be awesome again. Ryan Dezingle. Cheap Ryan to single, too. What a good contract. Jordan Stoll, Andre Svechnikov. I'm really excited for that line. Like, really excited. Dezingle can put the puck in the net, and I think Svechnikov's going to have a huge year. I was going to say, this is like the perfect, on paper anyways, of like stats. This is the perfect mix of players. Yeah. You have a guy in Jordan Stahl who controls play so well, but has struggled to put up big points, like compared to what how he controls play. Then you've got who Ryan Dezingle, who he doesn't, it always, it's never a good time when you say a player does nothing well, but he doesn't do anything like just super well. But He's, he, he puts can, the puck in the net, though. Yeah. I would and, argue his like, shot is... Last year was his first true year of doing that, though. That's fair. But like, he, he can score at a, a very decent rate. And he can't really drive play. But, like, no. he's just the solid third number third guy, like, number three guy on the line, and that's what he should be on this line, and that's why he's the perfect fit. Yeah, he doesn't need to drive play. On yeah, and then you have Svechnikov, who can put the puck in the net, and I'm so excited for him to have more ice time. It's an absolute shame that he didn't get to play top six minutes until the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think he's going to be awesome this year. Um, Like, 
he I just watching him is so much fun in the offensive zone. Like just yeah. so much. Oh, fun. he's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean for for Dzingel, like he scored twenty three two years ago, which is pretty good. And then last year he scored twenty six. Before that, he had fourteen and three goals. Okay. So yeah, it's not. I feel like he's probably overstated with how many points he scores, but he is a like he's a solid middle six guy where you can play in your second third or even first line if he's the third best guy. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to drive a line. But that's why Carolina's a perfect fit. You got your bottom six, Martin Neca. Uh, is it Nikos? Nekas? Nikash? Nikash? I don't know. Uh, Eric Halla and Warren Fogel. I'm really excited about the first two of that. Warren Fogel's fine. I'm not really excited, okay. but he'll, he'll be a good fit there, I think. I have Fogel as a third liner. I'm yeah. sure he'll do fine. I'm really excited for Nikash, though. I If he takes another step forward, too, man. Nikash being good would be huge. Uh, I really like the Halla pickup as well. That's a solid pickup for your third line. Um, yeah, they didn't give up much more either. No, and they got legitimate center depth now as well with Aho, Stahl, Hollow down the middle. And then Brock McGinn, Lucas Walmart, Jordan Martinuk. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, a fourth line. Yep. I mean, not good. Not bad. It's not going to... Yeah. It's yeah. average. Um, then, again, the defense score. This is by far the best in the league. Even without Falk, I think this is easily the best, right? This defense score is nuts. So, right now, Corsica has their ratings as... The fifth best first pair defenseman, which I think is probably understating them. I think that's probably the first pair, maybe second after Giordano's or someone's. Yeah. Or like maybe Depending the top who pair in Nashville. Carlson plays with or what Nashville does yeah. with their pairings, maybe, but But top five easily, and I think I think that they're probably top three in my opinion. Pesci and Gardner, top uh, fourth best second pair. Again, that could probably be like the first or second best like second pair. In my opinion. And then right now they have Falk and Flurry, and they have that as the fifth because the model doesn't really like Hayden Flurry all that much. Uh, Falk very well could be traded by the time this comes out or by the time the season starts. But you know what? Carolina probably doesn't care that much because they still have guys on their defense who can step in and fill in that role for them. I mean, they still have Trevor Van Riemsdyk on the right side. They have Gustav Forsling that can play. They have guys in the minors, like uh, Jake Bean still wants probably a shot on this roster somewhere. They have just so many guys. Yeah, and TVR is like a really good third-pairing defense. They could trade Falk and still have a solid third pair. Yeah, I think they have to trade Falk at this point. Apparently there's no trade clauses really making things an issue so far, but uh, I think they will trade him by the time the season starts. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they let him go to UFA. Yeah, well, it's just not a good use of your roster because that means you have TVR sitting. Yeah. Or TVR, sorry, sitting a, a bunch of the time. Yeah, they already have a good third-bearing right-handed defenseman. Yeah. And you can probably get a haul for Falk, so you should do it. Yeah, and even if you don't get a haul, if you get a th- another third-line player who can help shore up your death. And this team might have Justin Williams coming back at the end of the year. That'd be nice. Like, where he hasn't... Like, I to me... I don't, did we talk about that? I don't think we did. That he retired? Yeah, well, he didn't retire, though. He's spe- stepping he, he's away specifically that To me, that just screams that he's not retiring. He's coming back later in the year. Yeah, it, I can see that. Like I get, and maybe maybe he just has no idea if he wants to play, and it gets to October, November. He goes, "Screw this! I don't want to get in shape again." And he doesn't want to play. But there's also a possibility this roster looks insane. Is first in their division. He goes, "Hey guys, I would love to jump back on the bandwagon." And I would think they'd love to have him. Yeah, he was awesome last year. Or say this team doesn't look great or as great as he wanted. He's a UFA. Carolina doesn't own his rights. True. He's a UFA. He could go anywhere. Let's say San Jose looks like they need an extra piece. He could go there. Toronto wants a, a fourth line center or something, or, or not center, sorry, a winger. a winger, a third line winger or something, step in. He could go there. Like any team he could go to. Uh, so to me, it just screams that 
uh, he's coming back, but I think his heart is in Carolina. He showed that a I lot. I would be surprised if he went to anywhere but Carolina. And like I, I would be pretty surprised if he didn't come back. Yeah, like, that's fair. Just the extent that he went to like not say the word retire, yeah, and like not even that. Like it's not like he danced around it. He literally said, "I'm not retiring. I'm just <laughs> taking. I'm I'm not retiring. I'm just taking a step back." I know. Me and my buddy had a discussion about. Maybe he's waiting for a front office job, but I, I think if that's the case, he would just retire and then get the front office job when he gets the front office job. Yeah, he'd probably just retire then. But like, so yeah, this team, this roster, I think is definitely the most exciting and has the most potential in this division. Uh, I'm gonna have my season rank for them prediction. I'll go Washington one, Carolina two, Pittsburgh three. Uh, I have Carolina one, Pittsburgh two, Washington three. I think that's fair. I think Carolina. It, Carolina, I could easily see being first. I just think that Washington has a regular season built team, if that makes any sense. And they have one hell of a track record in the regular season, if nothing else. Yeah, and um, I think uh, goaltending is the only issue for me with Carolina. Uh, I, I don't mind Peter Morazic either. I think he played, he was yeah. average last year. I think that's fine. But They control the puck well enough, he doesn't need to be lights out. No, but I, I just, it's. If the two options are, you're either going to have to really ask for 35 plus games from James Reimer for Morazic to be effective, or you're going to need Morazic to play 50 plus games, which he's shown when he has to get up there, it's not always as effective as a goaltender for him. Yeah, he's probably not like a 60 game starter. No, so you're taking a bet on one of those two things, and that's the one big worry for me with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. That's fair, but I, they definitely have the top end talent of any team in this, more than any team in this division. So. Um, that's pretty much it for our Metro review, I think. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Oh, we didn't even talk about the Jake Gardner signing, did we? Uh, no, but... No, we Jake... didn't because we talked about how he might have signed. Obviously, that is insane. That is stupid. That is insane. I can't believe yeah. that. That is dumb. I hate Carolina, but I love them at the same time. Because, of course, Carolina got Jake Gardner. They paid $3 million less for him than Vancouver's paying for Truba as well. Or, uh, Four million less than Myers, three million less than Myers. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, like, unless Gardner's back is toast, this will be a fantastic contract. Well, and so it sounds like Montreal offered him three years, an extra. It was not as much. It was more AAV, but a year less. So Gardner made, I think, it was two more million by adding the extra fourth year on in Carolina. Okay. And it sounds like Carolina was one of the few teams offering him four years. I'm so happy he didn't go to Montreal. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like this is just... The thing The thing about... So I was listening to... It was the Staff and Graph podcast, and Rachel Dory was very against this deal because she was worried if Gardner's toast and his back is toast. The thing about that is you can just LTIR him. Yeah, like it's... You not... can just put him on long-term injury reserve, and that doesn't affect your cap situation. Like for and I I think we can get over the fact that Tom Dundon will say no to that because I don't think he will. I think he's shown he's willing to spend money. If a team if this GM goes to him and says, Hey Tom, like we need to set this guy on LTIR and so we can go get use four million dollars to go spend another guy while we're in a cup contending window, he would say, Okay, yeah, let's do it. Also Carolina seems like a smart team. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't give someone with a broken back a four-year contract. Yeah, I mean, by all reports that his back is fine. Now, I mean, obviously back injuries are really hard to come back from and probably going to be a reoccurring thing. But, uh, yeah, to me, like, even if you can get two or three good years out of Jake Gardner, um, if you have to LTIR him at the end, that's fine. Or you can trade it somewhere. Yeah. But, I think I just... This doesn't seem like a contract to me where you have to give up assets to get rid of. I think... If the only reason, 
maybe he comes back and is, he's just not the player he used to be. But if he's not, again, if he's not the player he used to be, I think it's because his back is going to be killing him. Yes. And if that's the case, I think you can say, okay, Jake, like, sorry, we got to put you on LTIR. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't really see a lose situation. I don't see a situation where Gardner back is so bad that he is just a horrible player and he also doesn't go on LTIR. He's like, no, I want to play through this. Like, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. And even let's say, like, he was a solid first pairing quality defender last year or like in the past. Even if it bumps him down to a solid second pairing defender, that's what the pair he's going to play on behind Slavin, obviously. So, like, yeah. it's not even that big of a deal, and he's only making second pair money. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just... What a contract. Uh, what a contract. Good I, for Jake that he finally got somewhere that's actually good, too. Yeah. Um, it's insane he didn't take a pay raise. Like, he's got the exact same AEV yeah. as his last contract, but... Uh, I mean, he clearly money isn't the biggest issue for him either. True. And I mean, that's fair enough. I can't really blame him for wanting to go to a team with a legit great decor who can take care of you and you can play protected minutes where you can just kind of do your thing, right? So yeah, he's going to be on the second pair again, which seems to be his home. So yep. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I don't have much more to add than that. Uh, we'll be back next year, next week with one of the Western divisions. Uh. Other than that, you can read my stuff at uh, lastwordonhockey.com. I am picking up uh, stuff for sure. I'm new in rumors. I've done a couple analysis pieces lately. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Sends and Stuff. Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week. Uh-huh.